for you because it is a great Gildersleeve show from January 10th, 1943, The McGee's Visit. Deborah McGee and Molly go to visit Gildersleeve, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, in Summerfield, where he moved from Wistful Vista. He used to be the McGee's next-door neighbor in Wistful Vista. Uh, you tell me it was his own show began on August 31st, 1941. Correct. So he has been gone for a little less than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And the McGees are going to Summerfield to visit him. We don't know why, though. <laughs> they just showed up for a visit. So Gildersleeve is busy warning Marjorie and Leroy not to tell Fibber that Gildy is engaged to Leela Ransom, mm-hmm. the next door neighbor. Leela, the Southern Belle, mm-hmm. who says Throckmorton. Mm-hmm. Our friend Shirley Mitchell, and I hope we'll be able to have a conversation with her. Oh, we can do that. Sure. Oh, gosh, that would be great. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's interesting to me here that Fibber McGee and Molly have separate sleeping arrangements for overnight when, when they came to visit overnight. Mm-hmm. Fibber is in one place and Molly is in another. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody had a single bed. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Fibber is his usual pain in the petunias for poor Gildy, but it is an unusual twist in this one, and that Fibber comes out just fine. He comes out on top at the end of the show. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's a little bit different. It's Great Gildersleeve, the McGee's Visit, from January 10th, 1943. So I will say good night to everybody. You have a wonderful week. Be safe, and we'll be back around midnight next Saturday, Eastern Time. The Kraft Cheese Company will also bring you Bing Crosby every Thursday night. Present each week at this time, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Whedon. We'll hear from The Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. Of course, most of you homemakers listening in know how deliciously good margarine can be today. But some of you may not have used margarine as a spread for bread for a good many years. Well, if that's the case, you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you taste parquet margarine, the margarine that's made by Kraft. That's because parquet margarine is really different from the margarines of a few years back. First, parquet's flavor is pretty certain to please. It's so delicate and wholesome, so deliciously good. You'll be delighted with parquet as a spread for bread or rolls, yes, and for baking and pan frying, too. Second, unlike old-time margarines, parquet margarine is a reliable, year-round source of vitamin A because every pound contains 9,000 units of this important vitamin. And besides, parquet is an excellent energy food. So try economical parquet margarine in your household and find out how extra good it is yourself. Just ask your food dealer for parquet, P-A-R. K-A-Y, Parquet Margarine, made by Kraft. Now, on to Summerfield and the Great Gildersleeve. Saturday afternoon finds him in a flurry of preparation for the expected visit of his old friends, Fibber McGee and Molly. For hours, he's been running up and downstairs, issuing orders and countermanding them, and Now he pauses to light a well-earned cigar and snatch a moment's respite from the labor of supervising Bertie. Well, Bertie, how do we stand? Has that roast of beef turned up yet? 
No, sir. I phoned the market, and they said the boy left with about a half hour ago. Maybe he's been hijacked. Yes. Well, we'll give him a few more minutes. How about the sleeping arrangements? I did like Miss Marjorie said. I'm giving Miss McGee your room. That's right. And Mr. McGee gets the den. I hope he'll be comfortable. He doesn't have to be comfortable. That guy can sleep standing up. <laughs> what about me? Where do I go? <laughs> well, uh, you sort to get the sewing room, Mr. Gilfley. I knew it, the sewing room. I'll be on pins and needles all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sir. I got you all fixed up snug there on Leroy's folding camp cot. Yeah, the last time I camped on that cot, it folded all right. <laughs> you remember? Well, I got it fixed up now, Miss Gilfley. I got it tied up with some string. Oh, fine. I'll sleep like a baby. Yes, sir. I bet I'll be asleep before my head hits the floor. <laughs> Oh, Marjorie, is that you? It's me, Uncle. Marjorie's coming. She's outside talking to some guy that brought her home from the plant. How was the movie? Uh, Bertie, take this book upstairs with you when you go, will you? Yes, sir. I saw a white cargo. It's about this guy. Oh, uh, good. And uh, put that book on the table next to the bed, Bertie. Mrs. McGee might want to read before she goes to sleep. It's about this guy who goes to Africa, and he runs into Hetty Lamar down there, mooching around the jungle. Yep. So the heat begins to get him. Only I forgot to tell you, Walter Pigeon is there. He's running the camp. That's Mr. Miniver, only in this picture, his name is Whitzel. Oh, hello, my dear. Hello. Are they here yet? The, uh, so, so Whistle says to this new guy... Not yet. Their train's due in about a half an hour. So Whistle says to this guy... Whistle, that's Walter Pigeon. Leroy, I haven't got time to listen to all that now. Well, you asked me how was the movie. I'll be more careful next time. <laughs> <laughs> You're early, Marjorie. Yes, I got a ride, so I didn't have to wait for the bus. We picked up Leroy just as he was coming out of the theater. Yeah, tell him who picked you up. Marjorie's got a new fella. Yes. Nobody picked me up. Now, have not. That's no way to talk about your sister, young man. One of the men from the plant very kindly offered to drive me home, that's all. He was on his way. Yeah. Mike, she called him. That just happens to be his name. She's only been there working there a week, and already it's Mike. Hiya, Mike. Hiya, baby. Come <laughs> on, now, don't you listen to him. <laughs> very nice, though, really. He works in the drafting department. Oh, well, that's fine. He's a draftsman, all right. You ask me, he's got designs on our nail. <laughs> Leroy, you mind your own business. I've got something to say to both of you. Yes, Uncle Mort? When Mr. McGee arrives this afternoon, there are two things I want you to be careful not to do. In the first place, I don't want you to make any reference to Fibber's size. What about it? Well, he's a little runt, and like all little runts, <laughs> he's sort of sensitive about it. That's why he's so pugnacious. Oh, I wouldn't say anything, Uncle Mort. Well, I know you wouldn't, my dear, but I'm not so sure about Leroy. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say anything about him being a runt? You're the one who brought it up. Well, just don't, that's all. Actually, he's not so small anyway. It's just that he's not as big as he thinks he is. <laughs> he has the mind of a small man, that's all. Always carrying a chip on his shoulder. Oh, we'll be careful, Uncle Moore. And another thing, and this applies to both of you. I'd rather you didn't say anything about my engagement to Mrs. Ransom. Oh, but the McGee's are your friends, Uncle Moore. They'll be offended. We're not announcing the engagement. 